Defense doesn't just win championships. Sometimes it wins fantasy leagues. And their defensive line, especially the interior, is getting better. Digzua, Watkins, they can rotate guys in. So he isn't really a tackle-heavy guy at this point, but he's a top 15 linebacker to do those big plays over the past four weeks. This is the IDP Heat Seekers. Happy Monday and welcome back to the IDP Heat Seekers. Tonight uh, is going to be enjoyable. We've been continuing on with our top 10 series and this one is going to be just as good if not better than the previous editions because we are talking safeties tonight. Safeties can be a very fun enjoyable part of fantasy because these guys can wreak havoc and bring you lots of points so hopefully we give you 10 bangers tonight that will help you this season as you look to building a contender whether it's in redraft or maybe you're just using these top 10 rankings as your as your kind of season long for your dynasties and your guys you want to aim to have who knows whatever you're using it for hopefully it helps you as always we thank you guys for for watching like subscribe to all those things drop comments if you have comments we get to questions at the back half of the show with that being said, I'm joined by two of the most amazing minds that survived Jurassic World, and they're still alive with us because dinosaurs ate a lot of people, I heard, right? Like, lots of people died in these movies, and that's that's always sad. So these guys are still alive, and they're here to help us. Austin, how are you, my friend? I'm excellent. Doing well. It's a Monday, and back here again, of course. So that's always a good good day of the week. Monday's my favorite day of the week now. But no Jurassic Park for me yet. I haven't gone to see it, so no spoilers, please. There's dinosaurs. Spoilers. That's it. Yeah. Craig, how are you, my friend? I'm off the last weekend this week, and I've just been trying to get all that stuff that should be done around the house done when I'm not working. So it's a nice time to be working, but also a pain. But I'm trying to figure out what the safeties we're going to be talking about here. If we're talking about safety pins, safety dance, you know, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. There's a lot of different safeties we could be talking about here. So the safety dance would be the best safety to talk about. That's 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 honestly the truth there. And we should do some IDP karaoke. So Craig's going to have to do his best safety dance sing along here soon. We'll I'm not some... prepared, but maybe some night I can come up with something for you. Yeah, I believe in you. Welcome everybody that does join us at any point. This is, uh, we do like to have some fun. And and I will say that, like I said at the beginning, this is kind of a redraft focused to get you ready because redraft season is very quickly approaching, but this is the top 10 that we see for 2022. So if you're one of those guys in a league that maybe has shallower rosters, I've had a few people reach out in the last few weeks based on some of these shows and say, Hey, well, we don't, these are, we use shallower rosters in a dynasty league, you know, are these safe to use as, as top 10s? Or something like that and i'm like yeah i mean it's good these are the guys that we think are going to be the top 10 in 2022 so hopefully that helps you but if you guys have questions we have a discord channel find it over on rotoheat.com you can hit us up on twitter you see all of our twitter handles here below our to the lower corner of our names uh we're here to help so make sure you guys reach out we would love to chat with you and talk idp with that being said number one on the list was a consensus we all had him number one Derwin James from the Los Angeles Chargers. Austin, talk about him. Why is he going to be so good this year? That defense got better. That secondary especially got better. I think in the middle of the field with linebackers, you know, they could probably have improved. I would have liked to have seen them draft a linebacker. Overall, that defense has really improved. They get J.C. Jackson that they add on, at cornerback. It's going to help Derwin James lock down, you know, that that secondary. So I think he's he's an excellent play this season. I mean, he's incredibly athletic. Like we all know what 
what the upside for this guy is. We all know what his potential is. We've seen him play. He's he's excellent in coverage. He's not afraid to come up and make tackles. He's quick enough and explosive enough to get to the quarterback. They can move him all around the field, and he's going to be effective. That's just what kind of player he is. So for that reason, he was pretty easily penciled in to my number one, and then just looking at your guys' rankings too. Spoiler alert, but we all had him number one. And so I think that's just a testament to the kind of player that he is. So you copied off ours? Is that what you just said? One of us, <laughs> one of us got it right, and then the other two copied. I don't oh, know. Is that who. what it was? Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about James last year is you knew what you were expecting, and then last year he added other things. You know, so there were some some forced fumbles involved. Obviously, we knew that he has the potential for getting sacks because they'll line him up all yeah. over the formation. Yeah. So that's a really great thing about him, and uh, yeah. I think he will continue to have no problem staying at the top of fantasy scoring. And and so I know that some folks were concerned because he missed all but five games in 2020, but or 2019. But last year, I mean, he looked great, was in 15 games and produced at a a really high level. So I'm perfectly fine firing him up and continuing to have him as my safety one for the future as well. Because this defense, I mean, like you said, is getting better and the offense is getting better. And there's just the sky's the limit for this team. So it's definitely a good time to be a Chargers fan, a good time to be a Chargers fantasy owner, right? Yeah, absolutely. As a Chiefs fan, I said a couple of seasons ago that I thought they were just maybe a coach away from really being contenders and and difference makers in the playoffs, just a team as a whole, the defense and the offense. And you just saw the Chargers get better over the last two seasons every year and the defense especially. So this year for the Chargers, if you're a Chargers fan, I, I can tell you as a Chiefs fan, it's a little uncomfortable watching the rest of the AFC West, including the Chargers. We are going to go on to player number two in the list, and that is Jamal Adams from the Seattle Seahawks. I know you had him ranked number two on yours as well as as well as well Austin did. So talk about why you think Jamal Adams will continue to produce at a very high level with Seattle, changing quarterback, changes in a lot of places on this team. What makes you feel good about him this year? Yeah, I mean, me and Craig both had him at two. Jamal Adams, again, he's like Derwin James. He's got the big play potential. This guy that comes down, makes the tackles, pretty good in coverage. Move him around the field. Let him make plays. Let him do what he does best. I think he's going to be just fine. The, the defense, he's going to be one of the guys that they're going to have to rely on to to make big plays and make things happen. Outside of him and a couple others on the defense, it's it's – you wonder who's going to step up and make all the plays. And I think that's why some other people have Jordan Brooks so high in their rankings, things like that. But yeah, I mean, he, he's pretty easily the number two for me. You could probably make a case for some other guys. I think after Derwin James, it gets a little more dicey, but Jamal Adams feels like a pretty safe play, especially for redraft. As long as he's on the field and he's healthy, I like his spot in the defense. And he actually dipped a little last year in the sense that he didn't have some of those special kind of things, forced fumbles, fumble recovers, things like that that you could have expected a little bit of in previous years. So it'll be interesting to see with all of the changes what that really does to affect his position. And the growing talent. Jordan Brooks is really ascended into being a high-level linebacker in the league. And it'll just be interesting to see how all that culminates and what does his fantasy value look like this year. So I'm with you guys. I mean, I don't think I had him much lower down. He's always been a guy I've been a big fan of. I actually have an eight instead of two, but when you get to these top, when you're looking at the kind of top 12 players, in some sense, they are very close to being interchangeable. There's not a, a true guy that is heads or tails higher than everybody else because any given year, a few forced fumbles, a few interceptions, things like that from the safety position, you really can flip-flop these rankings. So yep. it wouldn't surprise me if Adams is a guy that that continues to have top five value, but it'll be interesting to see what transpires in this upcoming season for him because I think 
he has the opportunity to be able to be number one safety or he has the value of being top 10 at least. So I'm with you guys. Next up, we're going to talk about a guy who's been really good and surprising in his first two years in the league. And that's Jeremy Chin from the Panthers. Uh, he's a guy that I know Craig was a huge fan of back when we were early on in our IDP days here with Roto Eat. He's a guy that so far has been over 100 combined tackles every year. You're not getting a ton of other stuff. Like you, we can't say that we've seen uh, a path knowing that you're going to get more than maybe a sack or an interception per year on top of it. But what do you think about Chin? How do you feel about his trajectory? I know you have him at three. I had him at four and Craig had him at four. So we're all pretty high on him. What do you think about him? I thought he had an outstanding rookie year and he did have a lot of those big plays that he made. And then in his second year, it seemed like he he fell off a little bit, but you look at his grades and how he graded out. He was still playing excellent defense and he's still a centerpiece of that defense. Didn't he come from South Carolina? I believe he played at South Carolina, right? Jeremy Chen? Uh, yeah. I believe he's a South Carolina Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. Okay, yeah, they got the uniforms that look like South Carolina. I think yep. the red and the maroon and the black. But uh, yeah, I watched a lot of tape on him coming out of college, and he was just incredible. I wasn't sure if he would be a linebacker or a safety. He was a little slight for a linebacker, but he plays like one. He's aggressive. He's got an aggressive style. He's a guy that with that defense, they like to move him around as well. Again, all these top guys that we're talking about, these are all guys that are able to move around the, def the defense and make a difference. Mm -hmm. I think that's the key to ranking these guys so high. When you start getting to some of these lower guys, you're going to start to see that while there may be a great value, they certainly don't make the same impact on the defense as some of these upper echelon guys. And Jeremy Chen is no exception. He's one of those guys who put him on the field, you let him do what he does, and he's going to come up big for you. So for fantasy purposes, like you said, same with Jamal Adams. He's I would say he's pretty safely a top five pick now. Where you rank him two to two to five, I don't know. That's probably purely discretion, but we have him pretty high at three, and I think he's a pretty good fit there. Yeah, and he's interesting. So the, we're going to rabbit trail just a little bit here because look at the PFFs and things of the world, and it's hard to really gauge. When you look at a place like a PFF or some of these grading sites, they'll see Jeremy Chin, and he grades out okay, right? Like he's, he doesn't grade out spectacular in any one thing in the 70s range-ish and it's really it's hard for me when i try to help people go okay look at these things and this will really give you a good identifier of fantasy value because people love to subscribe to many different fantasy sites and there are a lot of great fantasy sites or many different stats and analysis type sites you know your pffs of the world is what i'll use because as the kind of the focal point of it because they're the big guy but with a guy like Chin, like you have to, he's the eyeball test guy, right? Like you watch him on the field and you see him produce and you're like, man, this guy's got it. And I was wrong on him coming into it. And Craig was absolutely 100% accurate on this guy. I know he liked, I think he liked him and Duggar, if I remember correctly, but I would have to, I would have to get his input on it. But both guys look, look the part. And Chin is a guy that you just have to see him play. You have to watch him in that defense, just the way that he matured and the way he plays it's hard not to love the trajectory of this player even though carolina is still a team that's in flux who knows what 12 months is going to do to this team if they that quarterback situation doesn't get figured out they could have a new coaching staff you've heard rumors and all sorts of stuff so it's like you don't know what the future holds but what you do know is that jeremy chin is a very good safety and going to be one of the best ones in the league so i'm a firm believer of the jeremy chin hype and Craig, how are you, buddy? Welcome back, my friend. It's a mess apparently right now. So, no, that's I'm, okay. I'm we can fine. hear you. So that's all. That's that's a good thing. I was actually just ringing your praises because, and you correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you were big on Jeremy Chin and Duggar 
in that draft they both came out right because i feel like that's when we started doing idp stuff together i think so i was hoping you'd remember because I, I kept saying i know craig got me on this because i was wrong on these guys because i wasn't a huge fan that i recall and i felt like you were and i went back and watched and was like all right chin may not grade out amazingly but he passes the eyeball test i will say one last thing about the chin and maybe we can move on but the uh, panthers looking at their defense and you talked a little bit about their offense the opposite of what we saw with some of the other teams we talked about before like the chargers similar to to jamal adams situation is i look at this defense and you see you know are a couple of guys along the defensive line, are they going to be able to step up? Gross Matos being one of them. Brian Burns being the lone standout on the defense. And then you look up and down this roster and the depth chart and you start looking at who you got. And it's, man, these guys are really just a couple of injuries away from really being in bad shape. Offense isn't very good. I think that's going to create opportunities for Jeremy Chen to have to be a focal point of that defense. Kind of like we talked about with Jamal Adams and Jordan Brooks, where you love those guys because they're just going to they're going to eat every game. They're going to have to. They're not. They're probably not going to have much choice. Jeremy Chen could fall in that category, and you could see him really produce this year if that if things shake out the way that it looks like they will. I guess the key here would just be keeping everybody healthy. That's the real key for for Chen. If he's on the field, that's a good thing. And worry about how much is going to be required of him, and if that's going to affect his ability to stay on the field at all. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So we'll move on to the next guy. This is a guy that I've been a big fan of, Buda Baker from the Arizona Cardinals. This is a guy that people are concerned about right now. Obviously, we saw him get carted off with a really scary injury, and we hope everything sounds like he's moving in the right direction, everything's going well for him. Uh, what's your take on Buda? Do you think there'll be some lasting effects? Do you think there'll be some, some pause from concern? Uh, is this something that'll take him down in your mind this year, or where are you at with him? We've seen before situations where two potential top 10 safeties can coexist with each other and survive, and we had that. I don't think they were both top 10, but they were both in that top 15-ish, maybe around top 12 with him and Jalen Thompson. <laughs> but that caps his upside for me, and we kind of saw that last year when he has another competent safety, and then whether how much of it's coach speak, I don't know, but they've talked about in camp they've been having Isaiah Simmons play more safety as well again is that going to be a situational thing where they want to have three safeties on the field or is this going to be more of a permanent thing I it's really hard to tell what's going on there with that safety group and after last year it just feels like it caps Buddha's upside from those amazing years where he was a consistent top five type of guy and I don't think with the current situation they have there he's going to fall within that sort of top five. I have him right at my top five, so I guess I think he does. But compared to those other guys that we talked about there, I think all four of them, you've talked about three other guys, sorry, four on my list ahead of him. Yeah. Caps are upside comparatively. And I was just pulling up. It does look like he's had no post-concussion issues so far in the process. So maybe since the playoff game where he got carted off, he'll have plenty of time to heal up. And maybe there won't be any anything coming from it. Uh, at least at this point. Austin, what's your gut tell you about Baker, and what are you thinking about him for this year? I would say you're pretty spot on with everything that's been said so far. The one thing that concerns me is with Buddha is like you guys touched on it. I don't know. Is his caps, is upside going to be capped at all because of how the defense runs around him? Does it seem, to, is it just me, or does it seem like the Cardinals defense has always got somebody who's just so out of place? Does that make sense? Like one guy who you look at and you're like, why, why are they doing this to this guy? And the Isaiah Simmons stuff at safety, that's where I would be like, whoa, come on, draw the line here. 
So I don't know why the Cardinals just seem like they always are just doing something that's totally just weird and out of left field. And it frustrates me when I see things like that. It frustrates me and it discourages me from trying to add players like that to my roster. Now, Buda Baker as a player, an individual player, he's talented. He's been great over the years. People have reaped the benefits of his production. He's been a top producer for a long time. But yeah, the injury concerns are definitely there. I think we know now whether the NFL is ready to openly admit it or not that concussion started. They're a pretty serious deal. You know what I mean? And especially when you see something like that, it is concerning. It is concerning. So hopefully he's better. Hopefully he's got had time to heal. And hopefully he's able to get back on the field and stay there. That's what we all want. Yeah. And I would tell people, if you are concerned, like with what Craig was talking about, about two competent safeties, the floor, I would think for him is 10, right? Like somewhere in the 8 to 10 range, maybe 8 to 12 at the lowest. Upper, maybe 4 three, four, somewhere in there. So he's got a safe area here that if he is your safety one for this season, he should still be a strong play each week. When you look at last year, I think Derwin James only outpointed him by 20, 25 points, depending on your scoring format. So it's not like it was a significant drop. And I think he finished as like safety 10-ish, if I remember correctly. When I was looking pre-show at the differences in some of these guys, I'm not super concerned about him. I still have him in the in this top range, but I've always been a, a big Buddha fan. I think I actually have him as safety two in our rankings here for tonight, looking at 2022. I'm a fan. This next guy I am also a fan of. I think I have him at five. That's Jordan Poyer from the Buffalo Bills. This guy will continue to be just, a, just an under-the-radar type guy. I don't know that he's ever been one of those guys that people are like, oh, you got to get him, but he's always been a, a solid play. Like you, you play him in your lineups and you don't feel super disappointed. I think ever since he was what, 26, I think probably for like the last three, four years, if I remember correctly, Craig, I'll start with you because it appears as though you're good with us at the moment. What's your take on Jordan Poyer? How are you feeling about him? So I think that underrated aspect comes from the fact that the first four years of his career, he bounced around and didn't really do a whole lot. I think he was either seventh round pick or undrafted. And he originally was like, Cleveland and then Philly or Philly and then Cleveland. And then when McDermott took over with the Buffalo Bills, he was a priority guy for him. And a lot of people were curious as to why McDermott clearly saw something and had a plan for him. And he's been amazing since he really got to Buffalo in 2017. He's had 93 is the fewest combined tackles that he's had in a year. And that was last year. And he's just been a consistent top 10 safety option. He gets you tackles. He also gets you big plays and interceptions, pass deflections, tackles for a loss. He's going to get you five of those or so a year. The guy's just all over the place and used accordingly. And I just love him as a player. Dynasty, it's a different story. But in redraft, I'm all about him still. Austin. Yeah, I'm I'm with it, and I'm looking at this this depth chart here and this roster that they put together on the defensive side. We know what they are on offense, one of the top offenses in the NFL with Josh Allen. But you look at that defense and the pieces that they've added, getting Vaughn Miller, Daquan Jones, who's actually really a pretty decent pass rusher, a good guy in the middle, Ed Oliver the same, Greg Rousseau. And then you look at the back end of the defense, and you got Poyer, you added Elam, uh, who's just I thought was an excellent prospect, one of the top uh, cornerbacks in this class. Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, and Teron Johnson. That's a pretty star-studded lineup, if you ask me. And we'll get to this later in one of our future episodes. But I did go check out our rankings on our team rankings. And I will say, Craig and I both agree that Buffalo Bills defense is going to be pretty stinking good this year. With that said, I think that he's a critical piece of that. You worry about his age. He's getting up there a little bit. So in Dynasty, he's probably not a guy that I would 
rank as high, but if you're looking for an instant producer and you're a contender, he's your guy. And especially in redraft, which is essentially what redraft is, right? You just, you draft the best players that are going to produce. And that's why we got him in our top 10. We all agree that this is a guy who should produce this year, at least. And he's done it pretty consistently. So I like Poyer quite a bit. He would not be, and this is probably a conversation breakdown on another show, but I'm going to just bring that this kind of hot take here. It would not surprise me if he is one of the top safeties for another three, four, five years. The dude, what oh, is wow. he, 30? Yeah, 31. Going to be 31. Is he going to be 31? Yep. Like, safety, as long as you keep yourself in good shape, you can play safety for a significant amount of time into your 30s. Even 33, 34, I could easily make the case that a guy like him if this team stays intact and the defense stays the way it is, Poyer could be a guy that survives and still produces at a high level for a few more years. So, and it's probably more so because we just keep underrating him, right? Like in my, in my mind, it's like this guy just continues to prove people wrong, you know? So we say, oh, well, he's hitting the the 30, you know, the 30 plateau. We got to be careful. He starts to fall off and this guy will just keep producing and, and it'll drive everybody crazy. I've targeted him in a few dynasty leagues because I could get him for cheap, just as a nice piece to have in that secondary on my defensive roster and IDP. And I don't hate it. For the longest time, I really wasn't a, a big buyer of him. His first couple of years of producing, because I was like, yeah, yeah, I can't see him doing this for long. And all of a sudden, it's four years later. It's like, all right, I was wrong. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> is so. he a guy Is he a guy that his play would is conducive for him to have that long of a career, do you think? I don't see why not. You don't see him, at least from what I've watched. I haven't watched every single Bills game every single year, but he doesn't sure. seem like a guy that takes a lot of bad angles you know he's not normally getting a ton of injuries throughout the season obviously everybody's hurt and dinged up yeah. or whatever but yeah he just seems like a guy that i think can handle the workload with what they have on defense around him like you guys have brought up so yeah. i could be wrong obviously yeah. i'm not paid to do this professionally i don't work for the buffalo bills but craig what are you thinking last year he was number two in overall points and number three in points per game Again, he's not a guy that has high mileage because he's only really been used consistently for five years now, you know, 15 mm-hmm. and then 16, 16, 16, 16 games played. So he, he doesn't have that wear and tear of a guy that from 2013 when he was a rookie, he's been playing constantly since then. He's clearly smart and he knows the defense. He's a fit in the defense. Three or four years, it's tough to say, but I don't know why for the next year or two, at least he can maintain a high level of play with a team where he's a defensive leader and clearly they have big aspirations they do for sure all right so next up is a guy that hasn't been producing for a long time but that's minka fitzpatrick from pittsburgh so he has been with pittsburgh for i think this is he's been in with them for three years you know like two and a half years when he got traded from miami to pittsburgh but really broke out last year so i think he had over 120 combined tackles if i recall got some pass deflections did some of those things craig i'll start it with you what are you thinking about fitzpatrick and was it an anomaly or are we going to expect more big things from him so he's really prior to last year been a big play dependent kind of guy so if your scoring is conducive to that that's great but other than that i and you could go back and probably listen to prior shows have not been the biggest fan of him on here because of that He's been really hit or miss as far as great big weeks exploding and then just giving you nothing a couple of weeks or whatever. Last year, we'll see if it's an anomaly or not. I think he's in the same situation that was conducive to it. I do have him at number 10 in my top 10 here. But I think they really 
came into a situation of a mess at linebacker between injuries and then just inconsistent play between Devin Bush and then Schobert wasn't great when he was there and people continued to get hurt all over that defense. So they kind of had to use him a little bit more in a way that's conducive to him being all over the field you know, in that hybrid linebacker role. I could see the same thing happening this year. Devin Bush, we still really haven't seen it outside of that first year, I think, with him. He has to stay healthy and then show a consistent level of play. And then the same thing with Miles Jack. He's coming into a new defense here. And on paper, it looks nice, but he has to put it together. He's been an inconsistent player throughout his career in terms of the quality of play. He'll still get you tackles for IDP, which is good for us. But that defense just isn't what it used to be, and especially with rebuilding that defensive line, which had been a stronghold for them. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, putting him in my top 10, but he's not a guy of the guys that we're talking tonight that I'm really excited about. Austin, what are you thinking? Well, for what it's worth, I do think that the Steelers got better on the inside in the middle at linebacker by adding Miles Jack. I think they got a little bit of an upgrade there, in my opinion. Obviously, you still got the guys on the edge that are going to be able to rush, create pressure, and then that always helps your guys on the back end, especially a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, who he plays a lot at free safety. So they, you know, like you said, the, the Steelers are having to use him all over the field to try to shore up plays and things like that. He is an excellent coverage guy. He is a guy who can fly around the field and make plays and do different things. Not as impressive as far as big play potential, but he should get you the tackles and things like that. He's fine. I'm with you on the boomer bust aspect of him. He's been a little bit inconsistent. So that's a little frustrating when you have a guy like that, but I don't know. I'm middle of the road with him. I don't know. You know, I think I've got him at nine. I, I'm not super, super crazy about Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he's his situation is fine. For me, I, I, he's not a guy that I am going to really target hard safety if I'm pressed. I'm, I could see myself passing on him and going after maybe even one of the guys that we'll talk about after him. He's an interesting guy. So last year, it was just a boom year he had i think 20 plus more tackles solo tackles than any previous year or i should say the previous year he had multi probably 20 or more assist assisted tackles than the previous year every number just was way out of what we've seen from him so far in his career i think we're going to see him get closer to that than what we have seen i don't know that i expect him to get the same 120 plus combined tackles I would love to see him sit somewhere in the 1 to 110 range combined and feel good about where I have him in my ranks. I think I have him at like safety three because of what that defense looks like. So when you look at the corners aren't bad, Wallace, Witherspoon, Terrell Edmonds hasn't really been a huge thing, but he's good enough to keep teams honest. Then you look at the linebackers. Jack's had concerns. Bush has had concerns. TJ Watt we know is a stud. I make a clear picture in my mind that there's no reason why they won't keep using him as a guy that's going to rack up tackles keeping him up in the run defense type because that's what he does best he's best in the box going in and getting after them and getting those tackles closer to the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage so I, I feel good about him being a top 10 guy this year on the fact that I think he will be one of the better tackle producers from the safety position this year if any of these other things happen. So if Miles Jack takes the next step with the new defense, if Devin Bush stays healthy and sucks up tackles, I mean, that will just criminally ruin the value of it and make my rankings look ridiculous, right? You know, and there's potential for that. Uh, with him, it's a boom bust type scenario for me. I've not had him on a lot of dynasty rosters, but I do have a couple shares of him because I, 
he's just easy to acquire it seems like people are you're this is the biggest love hate player of this of our top 10 i think some guys will be underrated some guys will be maybe a little overrated but this guy is a guy that it's so divisive with him so yeah for fantasy purposes with him too i will say just out of respect for his game i think he's a better difference maker on the football field in real life than he is in fantasy and i think that's where i'm at with him could be yeah that's a fair point all right so next up number seven would be kyle duggar from the new england patriots this is a guy that finished outside of the top 12 safeties so we're expecting him to push himself into that conversation let me look at who had him ranked highest it looks like you guys both have an eight all right so i'll start with i'll start with craig craig why is Kyle Duggar going to be a top 10 safety this year? When you look at average points per game that he played in last year, he was a top 10 safety, which I like to see. That Patriots team, I'm still really confused. And I think Belichick is too, what they're doing with their safeties and their linebackers for the players. They have that whole slew of just weird odds and ends that I think he likes to rotate out based on situation when he's able to for linebackers. And he likes to use three safeties on the field when he can. And Duggar's a guy that can play in the box. He can go out deep, and he he showed last year he has a lot of that versatility, and he had sort of a breakout year comparatively. Um, he didn't get you anything like in terms of sacks, but he had interceptions, pass deflections. He had over 90 combined tackles, a couple tackles for a loss, and I just see him taking another step here while he's getting that confidence. And, you know, he looks like a guy. That's when he was drafted. You know, a lot of people said, well, he probably went higher than – People would have thought, but Belichick does that a lot, and he was a Belichick type of guy where he's a smart player from a small school that knows how to get it done, and that's sort of what I'm seeing him do is progress in the NFL after that first year. He started most of the games that he played in, which was 15 games, and I see him taking another step this year. Austin. Yeah, you look at his numbers from year one to year two, and I can tell you literally almost every single category, he was better. You look at the tackle numbers, they went up, the assists went up, his missed tackle percentage went down, things you love to see. He was targeted more, and his reception percentage that he allowed went down. He's just got a lot to love about him. You love to see the progression that he's making. He is a guy that I've targeted a lot in Dynasty because he is a guy that I think is going to continue to take steps forward. And so I want to try to grab him as early as possible if I can and stash him and have him on my rosters because he's a guy who I think is only going to develop and get better. So yeah, I love him. I think the top 10 is fine. He's one of those guys that we were just talking about, Mika Fitzpatrick. He's one of those guys who I could justify. Yeah, give me Kyle Duggar. Let's see what what he can do. The defense around him, I think his cornerbacks are fine. Jalen Mills, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler's had his day. He's still fine player and coverage and he's got a, a veteran presence there with Devin McCourty a guy who just always seems to be doing the right things on and off the field he's an excellent player a good leader so I think he's got the right guys around him to help him grow I and mean, then obviously having coach Belichick as a coach he's just a phenomenal coach Duggar I like him I like his situation I like that he seems to be progressing he's not a guy that I think is going to regress so for that reason I think he should be pretty solid in the top 10 yeah it'll be interesting for me the thing i'm more interested to see as we go over the next few years is what do teams using three safeties because you're starting to see it more and more i think it really became more prevalent the chargers ravens game playoff game a few years back when you really started to see three safeties become more commonplace what does that do to fantasy does that make more safeties relevant or does it cannibalize things or does it that'll be i think the fun thing to really dig into as time goes on i like duggar i think he's an interesting an interesting kid good play style you can put him in coverage you can get him in the box so i think that really does open him up to the opportunity next up antoine winfield from the tampa bay buccaneers this is a guy that i know greg was a fan of i do remember 
very much so those conversations. So I'll start with Craig. Tell us about Antoine Winfield and why he's going to continue to be an awesome fantasy safety. So in terms of points per game, he was number one last year using our scoring. He's a guy that is all over the field. He's a smart player in terms of comes from that NFL bloodline. He almost feels like a clone of his father who had a long, prolific career, mainly with the Vikings in the NFL. He's on a team that is competing to win now and to be able to compete and get that starting job in his rookie year two years ago and then up his game again this past year. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy that I'm seeing continue to ascend, and he's a guy that I think Austin had him slightly higher than I did, but yep. he's a guy that I just love to have here, and I could make the case that you, I could put him up at five ahead of Baker and Curse, who I don't think we've talked about yet, but he's a guy that I have all over the place because he was my top safety in that draft class, 2020 draft class, and I feel pretty good about that to this point, so I have him all over the place, and I'm just a really big fan of how he plays that smart, aggressive football. Austin, anything you want to add to that, or did Craig wrap uh, it up? He nailed it. I would just say the smart, not just how tough and physical he is, but how smart he is. That's one thing that really stands out to me about Winfield. Yeah, big fan of his. All right, so let's move on then to Justin Simmons from the Denver Broncos. This is a guy that's been with Denver since he came in the league in 2016. Tends to get you somewhere in the 80 to 100 combined tackles. He's going to get you some interceptions. He'll get you a little bit of everything. This team is a team that's in transition, though. He'll be interesting to see how he fits into the top 10. New quarterback, new focus, probably. Potentially more time with the offense on the field because they have an elite quarterback. I'll start with you, Austin. And what do you think about a guy like Simmons and is this one of the guys that you could see quickly fall out of the top 10, or is this a guy that you feel safe in the top 10? Does he have any contract dispute right now? Did I, am I remembering that correctly? I don't think he is. No. Okay. Maybe it's, maybe I'm thinking of Jesse Bates. I know Jesse Bates. Bates. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Bates and Justin Simmons are two guys who I think, in my opinion, have like similar play styles and I usually rank similarly, you know, so I like him. I don't like him as much as Jesse Bates. If Jesse Bates gets his stuff worked out, I like him a little better, but yeah, Justin Simmons, he's fine. Uh, I don't have a problem with him. You know, I think the defense has been overhauled a little bit there in Denver. I, do I think they're the best defense in the conference, you know, in the division? No, I don't. I think there are still some question marks at certain positions. They got a little bit better during the offseason. They made some moves, did some things, but there are still some question marks for me on that defense. He wasn't a big fan of some of the guys who walked from that defense. And so I could see them taking a step back as much as they did add. So for me, Justin Simmons, he's, he's fine in the top 10. I don't have a problem with it, but probably a guy that, you know, for me, I, I'm probably looking elsewhere. All right. So Craig, I know that you and I both have him ranked in our top 10. I'll give it to you. What do you, what do you think about Justin Simmons? Is he a guy, you know, same, similar questions. What are you thinking about him? Yeah. So for a guy that's, you know, sort of at the, the back half of my top 10 here, which is at nine for me, he's just a guy that's going to be consistently getting you points. You know what you can get. You can just sort of plug and play him where he's going to be getting you those tackles. He's not the flashiest player, but he does get you some big plays too, in terms of, you know, he's pretty high up there in pass deflections the past few years. You know, he's getting you four or five and five interceptions the past few years. He just has a set role. He does well at it. And with the lack of linebackers that I'm confident in Denver there and a team that we know is going to be competing in some shootouts with who they have in that division even, and then that what is presumed to be an improved offense, I feel like his role is pretty safe for this year. And I like what he brings in terms of consistency, which – 
at the back half of my top 10, if I can find a guy that I can know what I'm going to get and just plug and play him that way, I like that a lot. Yeah, he feels like a guy like Poyer in my mind. He tends to be a bit under the radar. I see him, you know, as a guy that is very consistent, and I like that. I like knowing that. So next up, though, we're going to go with number 10 overall, and we're going to kick it back to Craig for this one because I know there's a guy that Craig has on his his top 10, J. Ron Curse from the Dallas Cowboys. Some of us don't have him ranked on our top 10, so I'm, I, w- I would like Craig's take on it because I know that Craig's got him. So, Craig, what do you think about him and then, uh, you know, uh, are you comfortable with this or is this, um, you know, is he like a Fitzpatrick where it's kind of an anomaly or you expect this more from him? So I think what we saw last year is sort of what we can expect out of him. He fits into that defense that the Cowboys have. He kind of found his niche with how he was playing last year and he earned a starting role, which he's going to continue to have throughout this past year. He had his best year by far. He just fits sort of into that Dan Quinn mold of what they want to have sort of at that strong safety position looks like the other one's probably going to be Malik Hooker, and you know he's more of a true free safety. Curse did play up close to the line quite a bit in the box, and I think we're going to see more of that given the pretty sorry state of affairs for linebackers for what the Cowboys have beyond their starters. So he's a guy that I think is going to continue to get tackles and fits really well into that defense. If you're talking about Dynasty, you know I'm not as high on him, but if we're talking about just another year, a guy that I think is flying under the radar, and you could probably get – you know, at the back half of, you know, the top 20, 24 safeties and have a potential safety one, he, he's the type of guy that I think you can target that late because even more so than Poyer Simmons, he's a guy that people don't really know the name of. You know, they saw his name up there. He finished really high in terms of total points and then points per game with our scoring. You know, I think he was in the top 10 both ways. So under the radar, but just a guy that showed up and I think is going to do the same thing because that Cowboys defense really hasn't changed a whole lot. Nope, not at all. All right, so that's your top 10. Before we get to some Q&A, because I did see there's questions, I want to bring us some honorable mentions, because when we were putting together our top 10, obviously we just took the consensus of the three of ours top 10. There were some guys that got left out that I think we could make the case could slide into the top 10 pretty easily. So we haven't done this on any other show, but with the safeties the way they are, I want to make sure I brought them up. We've got um, four guys, Harrison Smith from the Vikings, Javon Holland from the Dolphins, Jesse Bates, contract troubles with the Bengals and Kevin Byard from Tennessee. Austin, I'll start it with you. I know Holland is a guy that you're super excited about this year. So sell us on why Javon Holland's going to be in the top 10 this year. I think a lot of guys, obviously he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people are targeting in their dynasty formats. Uh, he's a young guy. People are trying to capitalize on the youth. He seems like, you know, he, he had an outstanding rookie season, looked really good in that defense, but you look at the defense around him. I mean, he's got some pretty good players in that secondary to help him out. And then he's got some other guys around him on the front lines. You know, I think their linebackers are pretty decent. So they could probably get better in the middle. <clears throat> I think Channing Tindall may be a, a bit more of a difference maker than what people are expecting. So he's a guy who, you know, I'm targeting in a lot of my dynasty leagues. But yeah, Javon Holland, he's a guy who I think that everyone's got that dynasty mindset on, but who could come up big and redraft and who could really show out. Like the defense around him is excellent. He's an excellent player. I love his game. He's a guy who he should continue to get better. And so for that, he's a guy who I could see just, you know, has the potential to sneak into that top 10. And that's why I had him at 10. I'm a fan as well. The thing that'll be interesting for me is what this team looks like and, and how they deploy this team because, you know, new coaching staff and everything. I'm, I'm not really concerned. I think he definitely pushes for that conversation. Um, you know, if if any of these guys that we we have concerns about, you know, the one-year wonder kind of guys like Curse or Fitzpatrick, 
Um, you could easily make the case that a guy like Javon Holland or or some of these other younger guys jumps into that top 10. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think he has potential. I didn't put him on my top 10. Um, he was him and Jesse Bates were your two. And then Kevin Byard and Harrison Smith were my two that weren't in the top 10 once we got all things squared away. Craig, on the other hand, had this top 10, maybe not in this order, but you know, he had all 10 of these guys. So you and I had a couple outliers and I wanted to bring them up. Um, Byard has been consistent. Um, Jesse Bates has been pretty consistent on a team that's really strong. That contract will be something to, to, to keep in mind about. That's kind of what kept him out of my top 10, just because if he, you know, if he waits at all and he misses some games, I mean, that just, that messes everything up. Uh, and then Harrison Smith for, was on there for me just because it seems like all he does is continue to produce, even though he's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. I would expect at least one more solid year out of them. I know they've they've drafted Lewis Seen and some other guys to, uh, and they you know making changes on that defense as a whole. Uh, so I think all of these guys have potential, and they're definitely intriguing options. And if any of them made it into the top ten, and some of these other guys that we have in the top ten fell out, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised because they're all very talented. But also that being said, I think as the league continues to play more three safeties. Uh, on the field at a time, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if, if there are other guys that aren't on this list. I mean, when you look at so pre-show, I was looking, you know, kind of that weekly average points per player, you know, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see a guy on here like a, like Jonathan Abram from, from the Raiders, you know, he's been, does a pretty good job on average per game, getting good amount of fantasy points, been up and down consistency would not put him in my top 10. So he was another guy I thought about as we were looking at this top 10. So these are the honorable mentions. The others are the top 10. We do appreciate you guys liking, subscribing, listening, uh, hanging out with us every Monday night. We want to get to some questions though. So we are going to stop this portion of the show. If you're listening in audio format, would love a rating and review five stars, all that jazz show the algorithms that what we're doing has some value in your world. Thank you guys as always. And we are now going to jump to the Q and A. Don't forget, Tuesday nights we got Dynasty. Thursday nights we got Devi. Season's coming rapidly. So make sure you look us up, find us, watch us, YouTube shorts. We're starting to pump out some of those as well. We got a lot of content for you, rotoheat.com as well. We're still going to be here on Monday nights up until start of the season. So we still got a little bit more time together. And then throughout the season, we'll have our rankings on the regular. We'll do waiver wire stuff. We did waiver wire stuff last year if you weren't with us. So we'll help you out throughout the season with IDP content. And at any time, if you need us, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Discord. The Facebook community grows every day. We've got people trying to join the Facebook community. It's a great place. We are very welcoming and encouraging and want to help you all get better at fantasy football, at IDP, at whatever your fantasy football league looks like. We're here to help you. So we thank you guys as always. Gentlemen, stay classy, stay safe. We'll see you later. The IDP Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find more content on Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.